This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody, I'm Ian Doyle and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with 45, the new free-to-play score prediction game from The Pools. To play 45 this weekend, visit thepools.com and you need to be in the UK and over 18 years of age to play. Uh, not joining me uh, on this edition of the podcast is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pierce. he is away. However, joining me is Paul Gorst, the tallest member of the sports desk. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. Uh, also, the most easterly member of the sports desk, it's Connor Dunn. Hi, Connor. Hello, Ian. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you very much. And also, we've got Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hi, Ian. I've got a strange sense of deja vu. <laughs> it's almost like we've done this many times before, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Right, Joe. Me and James Ian. were at Huddersfield at the weekend. We saw Liverpool scramble to a 1-0 victory. What was your take on it? Oh, it was very, very much forgettable, wasn't it? Um, it? It was probably the worst game of the season so far for Liverpool in terms of how they played and as well as a spectacle. They are very boring to watch at the moment. Um, but it was another three points. It keeps them on the tails of Manchester City. It, it's a strange one because even though it's another positive result, if, if it almost feels like a negative because of how good City look and how bad Liverpool look at the moment. And... Um, Whilst it was an important three points, I think it's difficult to take positives out of it. Really, that, none, none that, whatsoever. That's a bit. That, no, you, I you've it, almost you've almost become me though with that kind of yeah, negative slant I, on it. I suppose it is quite negative. That I mean, look, there are positives in terms of the, the way they're defending is good, but then you know, Huddersfield looks so poor. There aren't many teams that are going to be as poor as them this season. Um, and yeah, I, I just find it I find it difficult to take many positives out of the out of the performance. The result obviously is good, and um, it keeps them rolling. I just hope that things click. Maybe just with the international break and players coming back, and I suppose an unfamiliar lineup in terms of players. Storage playing his first ninety minutes of the season, uh, an injury to Henderson brought him, uh, and then Fabinho coming on a little bit later. So perhaps a bit of an unfamiliar one, but um, yeah, it was a bit bit disappointing. Paul, I'd have to take issue with what Joe said then about Huddersfield. Huddersfield went poor; they were actually absolutely terrible. <laughs> they are one of the worst teams I've ever seen in the Premier League. But, you know, Liverpool, they made hard work of it, didn't they? But it almost as though they were just trying to do just enough to, to get the win, wasn't it? They did. As Joe says, it wasn't a particularly great game. Liverpool, going forward, lacked a, a little something that was kind of becoming a bit of the norm now, isn't it? which is a bit worrying. But um, if you're not playing well, then pick up the points. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, I, I wrote a piece a few weeks back during the international break saying this was a good chance for Liverpool to kind of claw back that goal difference that City was just building up. And um, OK, they've gone level on points with them, but City put five past Burnley and now there's a, a ten, 10 goals between them, which is a, an extra point, isn't it, for City? So Liverpool are going to have to start performing sooner or later. Um, just a question of when that's going to be. I think most people thought it might have been Saturday, but the performance wasn't really there. But as I say... It, if if they're not going to be performing like they were at times last season, then they're picking up the points, which is, um, I suppose, the, the one one bonus you can take from it, move on, um, look ahead to, obviously, Red Start and uh, Fulham, is it next? Card- Cardiff? Sorry. Cardiff, Cardiff yeah. at home, yeah. But, I mean, give, bearing in mind that Liverpool, going into the game, there was a suspicion or that people were suspecting there'd be an awful lot of players missing because, you know, Cater, we knew, definitely was out. Mm. Manny, it turned out, wasn't there. There was worries over Salah, Van Dijk, Milner. We'll come to Milner in a bit. And then the team was changed around anyway with Firmino not playing and then Henderson had to go off at half-time. Wijnaldum hadn't been well before the game and he ended up coming on in, in the second half. So 
the disjointed performance should have been expected, really, especially with it also coming off the back of the international break, which, as we know, Klopp loves. Yeah, uh, there are mitigating circumstances for the performance. Obviously, Adam Milano with his first start since 1st of January. Um, Sturridge was making his first Sturridge, Premier League yeah. start for Liverpool since November. Yeah, I, I, I was shocked when James Pearce mentioned that last week. I didn't realise it was that long since he... He'd started a game for Liverpool in the Premier League, so I suppose you, you can't make uh, you can't make a, a point for that. But at the end of the day, the team we were playing was so far below the the quality of Liverpool that you would have expected, you know, threes and fours. And I think I said on Friday that I thought it might be a, a standard two 0 win, but you know, they made hard work of of it, particularly in the second half, that last fifteen minutes, kind of clinging on a little bit, which is worrying. Um, but, you know, they've got the points and and they'll take that. They're still in there against City. Now, Conor Paul there is saying that he was expecting the other week that it would be 4-0, but he's clearly not read your piece where you basically did a little interesting tale last week saying that Liverpool had a terrible record against teams when the visiting teams in the uh, in the relegation zone, didn't you? So, in some ways, this is actually a good result for Liverpool, wasn't it? Oh, well, yeah, it kind of broke a, a record that Klopp seemed to have been developing um, not beating teams in the relegation zone, I think, in his last five. So, obviously, that's ended, which is a good thing, albeit not convincingly. Um, I guess it kind of goes with a little bit of disjointed preparation, a little bit of disjointed team. It all kind of makes sense. But, yeah, I think you should have expected at least one more goal. Um, I think, you know, the previous record against those relegation teams, Liverpool have struggled in the past against teams slightly below them or lower down, which is no secret. Um, but then this season, you've got to look at the team and look at the signings they've made. And you've got to think that they should be beating teams more comfortably now because they are a better side than what they have been in the past when they yeah, have definitely. been losing those games. So, in some ways, then, was this the right time to play Huddersfield? Perhaps so, yeah. Look, I mean, it's quite a sombre atmosphere around this table right now, and it, it shouldn't be because. Liverpool to be fair, are... it's probably because we've taken 16 goals to yeah, do this yeah, podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't be. Look, it's fine margins, isn't it? I think I was thinking back to the game just then as, as the lads are talking. You think there was two or three moments where Liverpool were on the break and just chose the wrong yeah. option. I mean, I mean, one at the end, Firmino going right to Salah when he should have gone left to Shakiri, and um, it was very much a, a pass that last season or even couple of games earlier this season I think he probably would have made. Is that symptomatic um, of Liverpool as a whole, the attacking triumvirate yeah, not playing? I mean I mean it was interesting that obviously Firmino was benched and Manny didn't play and Salah being the only one to start, I think there was only two or three games last season where only one of that front three starts yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah, definitely yeah and I think they do seem a trio who are better when they start games. Firmino especially doesn't seem to be a player that when he's introduced plays as well. He seems to seems to do better when he when he starts. But I did think Liverpool looked better when he came on, and, and that was just for a bit of urgency. And I, as as much as I'm a fan of Storage's resurgence this season, I thought that they with Huddersfield pushing forward and a little bit of movement, and Huddersfield <coughs> were looking shaky. And I, I thought that when Firmino came on and Liverpool were picking the ball up, moving it a bit quicker. They had they they had a couple of occasions where they could have got in behind and just for the bad decisions they would have been in behind Huddersfield and maybe stretched that scoreline and maybe we wouldn't be sitting here complaining as much. Um, it is fine margins, but maybe they're just overthinking it a little bit right now and maybe that that's why they're they're making those poor decisions in the final third. But you just want it to click soon because it's all well and good sitting there and say oh well they they do have the points on the board, but the longer it goes on without clicking. 
they're not going to be able to keep getting away with it. They won't get away with it against the better side. You know, if they go and play like that at Arsenal, well, don't they, forget they, they have played three of the better sides this season. And look at City. That's City, yeah. you mentioned before that Liverpool were being boring. City made it boring. So that was that was goalless. That, that, that's true. Liverpool yeah. did well at Tottenham, mm. and the game against yeah. Chelsea was one of the best games of the season, even mm. if there wasn't quite as many goals as you would have thought. But if you think back to thirteen fourteen. When it got to the crunch, Liverpool was struggling because City's goal difference was so much better. And the worry now for me is you watch them. I, I said to the lads, we had like a little predictions thing, and not to boast, but I won, of course I did. But I said that <laughs> City, City will win 5 0. And one of the lads said, well, oh, they, they won't win 5 0. They'll, they'll beat Burnley, but but not by that much of an impressive scoreline. Well, that's basically one, I one of the goals that, that they scored was should never have been allowed, no. which was the key goal. By, by, uh, but I argued that they're, they're, they're so good at turning that screw in the final third of the games and just totting up those goals. And that's what they did. They scored two goals within the last 20 minutes and suddenly go from a 3-0 to a 5-0 and they, they pull away and it is like an extra point. I mean, of course, it's not as if Liverpool weren't trying to score. They weren't trying to see that game out on uh, on Saturday. They ended the game basically playing 4-2-4 yeah. with Firmino came on and he was playing at the tip of a diamond that wasn't a diamond. So it basically was in storage, Shakiri and Salah just, just bombing on. It was very unlike Klopp, wasn't it? I mean, most of the subs we've seen them make in the tight games this season has normally been Joel Matip in the, in the closing stages. And he just the slots, in. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he just slots into the fence and they'll see it out. But this was just... I'll leave my two midfielders in there and I'll leave four up top and hopefully they'll get a second and they had so many chances towards the end where it's, as Joe said it was just like if they picked the right option or mm. the right pass and, and they pull it in and, and they didn't do it Does that but, suggest then that that was the right approach to make? Because there's only so much the manager can do he can put the players in the positions and say right do your bit and any other day as Joe said they would have scored another two, maybe three Yeah, but you live and die by the result don't you and, and Liverpool come away with the points so yeah, I suppose it was Um with better decision making on the day, Liverpool would have put that game to bed a lot quicker. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're going to have these games where you're not going to be firing on on all cylinders, and you just take the points if, if you can, and, and that's what Liverpool have done. And as long as they as long as they're picking up the points while they're not playing well, you, you can't have too many complaints. It's it's the moment when they're not winning that you start to question is is there something something going wrong here? But at the moment, they're still on the coattails of City, aren't they? I mean, Connie, are we all guilty of basically overplaying just Liverpool playing badly? Because defensively, they've only conceded three goals in nine games, and that's the best record they've had ever in the first nine games in a league season. Yeah, so, defense, m- so defensively, maybe. they must be playing well. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's obviously a great statistic, and you know we're writing now that in 127 years of the history, they've never conceded as few goals in nine games, which is, is class. Um, I was just going to slightly go back to... <laughs> Joe's just giving it a big click of the fingers Buwakashar type style because it's a class I think <laughs> anyway anyway going back to my point yes <laughs> um, no I was going to say in terms of like you know when Firmino didn't start and came on um, I don't know if that is Klopp thinking for the future games and trying to help it click a little bit better in the future because you're going to have to take into account how far Brazil travelled in the international games um, resting those players against a team like Huddersfield when you know you should win with the quality and depth that you've got which is Shakiri, which is Sturridge which is Lalana. Um, I think it's probably was looking at that um, keeping clean sheets as well kind of all relates to that I think you know just in terms of going forward it will click soon. I have every faith because resting these players is going to give them a bit of a benefit coming into the next few games when we've got midweek games and weekend games to contend with. 
I mean, Joe, the front three aren't really under the same pressure, are they, to score as maybe they were last season, Mm. simply because they know that the defence is going to keep a clean sheet. They know they don't have to score two, maybe three goals just to win a game. I've done a bit of a Paul Gorse before this podcast and looked at a fact. (laughs) (laughs) If I I was like Paul Gorse, I'd just drop it in and I wouldn't pre-warn you. But here is a fact. (laughs) (laughs) After the same amount of games last season, Liverpool had scored, I think, 14. I'll double-check this when I come out. Hang on, so is it right then or not? (laughs) I hope so, because I wrote it down and didn't bloody bring it. See, I don't like my man. 14 goals and conceded 16. This season they've scored 16 goals and conceded three. So They conceded... Oh, yeah, they go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, actually, because... you know, we're talking about the front three and, and uh, my glass just sounded very half empty, but actually they have made big improvements and big strides this season. Um, you know, I think the performances last season were there at times, but then they, they they fluctuated a lot more, didn't they? They had terrible performances at Man City and at Tottenham, but then much better performances against other sides. So, look, the, the pressure isn't on the front three to score as much because they have improved so much as a team and as a whole. And it was interesting what Klopp said about the, the dog. Did you did you see his dog analogy? I thought that was great. You know, he's saying that a dog will always want to play with its favourite toy, which brings me to my dog. I don't know whether you know this little known fact that I have a dog. Oh, and, yeah. Um, he mm-hmm. does have a favourite toy, which we call Smelly Toy. And we get... <laughs> We call it Smelly Toy. Is it, was it, it always it's, called Smelly Toy, or is it just acquired that name acquired due, due that to him playing with it all the time? We yeah. get we buy him other toys, Tony, and and there's none of it. We, yeah, and he, and he always brings Smelly. Why is he called Tony? Out. He's named after Tony Soprano. Anyway, that, yeah, that. and we, and he always brings that that toy back out. And and Klopp was saying that basically he wants his team to press. Uh, sorry, he wants his team to change their style a little bit this season, but they want to press, and it's like a dog with his favourite toy. You try and tell it to do something else, but it always comes back to, to pressing. And I thought it was quite a good thing. But you drill that into your players for so long, it's hard to, to get out of that routine, isn't it? And that'll take time if that's how he, he wants to go about it. Yeah. He, he accepted himself on, in his Friday press conference that the defensive solidity has impacted on, on the attack. Um, so it, he is aware of it. It's just a question of how he goes about trying to remedy it to the point where he gets both. Um, if you've got a team that is defending like Liverpool this season and attacking like Liverpool last season, then you've got one of the best teams in the world. So it's it's difficult to get that. So sooner or later, it it, it might come. I like the, sorry, I like the Paul took all that rubbish that I've just talked and made quite a salient point out of it, which was, which was great. Yeah. That, that's, why he's, oh, that's why he's on these podcasts, yeah. because he's a professional he's, and he doesn't need to make notes. No, no, he, doesn't, he doesn't. does not need to make notes at all. Connor, the point there that, that, that Gorsi's making about trying to tie the attack to the defence brings it to the midfield, doesn't it? Because the midfield is perhaps, that's the one area that Klopp isn't quite so sure about this season. That's why he's putting so much stock in the defence. Get that sorted, then we can look at the midfield. Because obviously he's got in Cater, he's got in Fabinho, and for various reasons they've not been able to play. Cater obviously injured at the moment. Fabinho made his Premier League debut coming on uh, at Huddersfield at the weekend. So this is an area that he perhaps thinks he's not quite nailed it yet, has he? Dare I mention Nabil Fakir? No. The F word. <laughs> well, no, it was obviously an area identified before the start of this season, looking for that creative attacking midfielder, and he identified Fakir as one of those people. And for reasons, you know, outlined to us about his knees and his medical, that didn't quite go through. Um, Fabinho, I thought when he came on, looked a calming influence on the midfield. Um, I thought he settled things down a little bit, and he looked pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think in January that will be, will be the area Liverpool look to strengthen because it's just that link. And I thought before the game it might be Lalana. Um, he doesn't obviously look quite up to match fitness. Um, but yeah, it will definitely be one of those areas, I think. 
It was interesting, wasn't it, that Lallana ended up playing on the left mm. of the attack because I think when the team sheet dropped, everybody thought, well, clearly is going to be on the left and Lallana will be playing in that advanced midfield role, but it wasn't like that. And it's almost as though Klopp thought, right, well, just let him do what he wants on his first game back. And he did, you know, it took 18 minutes for his first Cruyff turn, that kind of thing. You know, he did all right until, you know, as Connor said, he was, he was cramping up, wasn't he, after about 65 yeah, minutes. Yeah, or something. Yep. Yeah, which, to be fair, he's... It's not so much the fact that he's been out since September, it's the fact that he barely played before that as well either. Yeah, I think you're right. It might have been a bit protection for him, mightn't it, letting him play a bit further forward. But he seems Klopp seems to have experimented with a few players in that, dare we say it again, that Fakir sort of role that we I think would have been earmarked for him. He's he's tried Shakiri there a couple of times now, Southampton in this game, and Cater has, has obviously played there a few times. And and I thought, yeah, like you say, when the, the team she dropped. I very much thought Lalana would be in that position. Well, well, Shakiri's played there in two Premier League games yeah. now, and he's created three goals. Yeah, mm. I, I think he looked quite good. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I get the feeling Klopp doesn't think defensively mm. you get enough out of him, um, and perhaps he's right. You know, but I, I think he's looked all right in that position. And he played well against Southampton, didn't he? But Klopp clearly mm. wasn't happy with that. Was pulling him? So. No, no, I think. Well, it was a little bit of that at the game on on Saturday. You could tell Klopp was going absolutely spur yeah. at him on on occasion in the first half, but he clearly must have had a kick at the backside about something because defensively he was a lot better in the second half. Perhaps it's just a case of fine tuning it, you know, and, and and being able to play him in that in that position in a few games until Liverpool click with him there. But it's clearly something that Klopp's got in mind for him. Yeah, but I, I don't think Klopp will. You say that he's he's given Shakiri a kick up the backside. I don't think that'll be a kind of. I don't think Klopp will be overly negative about that I think it's just done to kind of fine tune Shakiri into this is how we operate this isn't Stoke where you can kind of flit it in and out and it's all designed about getting the best out of you it's you've got to work hard to mm. get in this team and stay in it by you know doing doing everything that's asked of you so we expect to see a little bit more of Shakiri in that position because obviously Henderson we don't know what the extent of his injuries he went mm. off at half time I mean Klopp seemed to suggest it was nothing serious but I think it was his hamstring that he yeah. worried at the World Cup, wasn't it? Where he didn't, he, he suffered a little bit of an injury with that. So, so this is something that's a little bit ongoing. And you know, you look at Cater's had a hamstring. Milner miraculously came back from yeah, his hamstring, machine, which is yeah. just, which is incredible, really, what he'd managed there. But if that had been during the course of a season, Milner would have probably missed three games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think so. I think the pool, there's, there's no getting away from it. They, they are lacking a little bit of spark in, in the, the midfield area, aren't they, in terms of creativity and whatnot? Because it's all. Basically, that midfield has been designed about getting the best out of the front three. So, when the front three aren't clicking, then the the onus is on the midfield. So, I I don't see an issue with giving Shakiri a little bit of an extended run in, in that role and, and seeing what he can do because let's face it, he's later on to play for Salah, hasn't he? For Saturday, and Liverpool have won the game one nil. First half against Southampton, he, he was excellent. Um, so when he's been when he's been played there, he, he's done well. So why not continue continue with him there for a little bit and see how he gets on. Now, the goal that uh, Shakiri set up for Salah initially came from a pass by Joe Gomez. Now, Gomez, I thought in the first half, had a very good game. Bear in mind that against City, when he played right back there, I didn't think he was particularly brilliant. I know, certainly on Twitter, a lot of people disagree with me on that particular point, but he wasn't as good as he has been at centre-back. But again, Connor on, uh, on, on Saturday, he played a lot better, certainly in the first half going forward. I mean, how's he been this season for you? Oh, he just looks a totally incredible player doesn't he like I think it's been mentioned a couple of times that if Salah was kind of the find of last season then Joe Gomez is probably the find of this one um I've actually been 
looking at a piece today and he's been named in a team of the week who I will reveal to you in an article later today. Um, <laughs> as many times as Hazard has this season and they're the only two players that have actually managed that feat. So if he's as vital to Liverpool as Hazard is to Chelsea, then he's obviously been doing something right. Have you just revealed it to us now though? Have I? Yeah. <laughs> you just did, did, did you? You just reveal that. You've just revealed the stats just there. But well, okay. No, no, the person who's written it. Oh, the person who's yeah. written it. I think we can work it out, to be fair. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can all read it if you want to find <laughs> out. <laughs> but, but, by the time this is online on the site, that piece will be yeah, exactly, up. So yeah. Yeah. no dramas, as uh, Connor no, like would say. famously but, says. But Joe, the Gomez thing as well, he's come into that game off the back of having a great game for England at, back at centre-back against Spain. And he's back at right-back. I mean... If, if, if you're him, are you like a little bit hang on? Because to, to be fair, Lovren did, did well again. So he's so suddenly there's this strength in depth in defence, which a defence that already at the start of the season with Gomez and Trent, who hasn't played the last two games, he that was barely conceding the goal anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he is unlucky to be playing right back and Trent's unlucky to be out the team. So um, it, it is a difficult one for Klopp. It's a headache that you want, isn't it? But I thought Gomez was awesome on Saturday. I think he's been playing ever so well recently, and he's he's he just physically looks in peak condition, defensively, very very good. Um, he's so quick, and his passing is very good. And I wonder whether play, playing him right back a little bit more will keep developing that that side of his game because, um, I mean, as good as Shakiri's pass was, I thought his pass for the yeah. opening goal was yeah. absolutely outstanding. Well, he's right into his feet, wasn't it? Shakiri didn't have to do hardly anything to to, to then yeah. move it on. And if you look back, there's there's two players. He, he threads it through two players. It, it's an extraordinary pass for um for someone who you probably wouldn't think of as you would you would put Trent's distribution ahead of yeah. his, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I think Gomez is underrated at that side of the game and I, I think playing right back might develop him a bit more but yeah an excellent player Huddersfield clearly wanted to use the long throws at times and physically wanted to overpower Liverpool but he didn't let it and um, again I, I think as well it all boils down to Van Dijk bringing out the best of every one of those defenders mm. not just Joe Gomez but Lovren as well and, and Robertson on the other side um, but I think Gomez has benefited most because he's really Stepped it up to a different level. Well, Gomez also has a long throw in his locker. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. Maybe it was at Leicester, wasn't it? Earlier the season yeah. that we first saw, and he, he put another few in uh, on Saturday. He, he did him. I wanted I'd, you to elaborate I'd, on that I'd, point. To, to <laughs> us, I, I'm not. I'm not overly keen on the long throw. I, I just don't think Liverpool are really set up to to benefit from it. I can understand using it, but only when you've got perhaps taller, more physical players. Maybe when Fabinho comes in. I just don't really think it suits Liverpool. Um, I understand yeah. having a different string to your bow, but there's a time and a place, though. Yeah, and I think yeah. against Leicester was the, I think it was an injury time, oh, wasn't that it? Was, that was place, totally yeah. the wrong time. I think, I think it, it's all right to mix it up a little bit because you don't want to become predictable, do you? No, and I, I think if it's going to be used, I think it should be to go up the line quickly uh, rather than uh, as a cross, if that makes sense. I think with the pace, is Liverpool, your name Thomas Cronemark? My point is the pace that Liverpool have got in, in the wide areas. If Gomez takes a quick throw and he obviously can get distance on it, then that that's a counter attack if Liverpool are switched on. Whereas if he's slinging it in sideways on like the edge of the box, Liverpool haven't got anyone there to kind of benefit properly. Have they to win a header or they're not that kind of team attacking wise? Especially against a side like Huddersfield, yeah. who are a tall side. On I mean, they they can't play football, but they've got some big lads that. Del Potter is just a big. Yeah. He's just. <laughs> a, they've got some massive lumps, haven't they? Some massive lumps. They are, he, he, he's not very good, though, is he? He's not no, very. He's good. really not he's very, not very good. good. Yeah. Honestly, 
I think Paul, you're a tall lad, but I think you got better feet than some of those lads. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, he's got a good touch. Yeah, he's got, he, a, good he's got touch. a good touch for a big man. Good Love, touch for a yeah. big man. Loves yeah. the outside of his foot, doesn't he? He does. Doesn't like running though, does he? <laughs> no, no. But neither <laughs> many of those Huddersfield players. To be fair. I refute those suggestions. <laughs> the Blood Red Podcast brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. The Blood Red Podcast brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Now. We've spoken here about Liverpool being great defensively and being not so, you know, not as good going forward, but they're getting the results and the whole not playing particularly well, but starting the season quite strongly for old people like me. That reminds us of the 2002-2003 season. There's been a few whispers of this on social media yeah. of people because you know, you know a lot, lot of supporters they're always quite you know suspicious of these kind of things and where's where's the next problem going to be and they've seen that Liverpool started that particular season strongly weren't massively convinced and ended up finishing outside the Champions League places it all fell apart now personally I've written something uh, today looking at that saying there's there's quite a few things that you could compare such as the the signings not quite okay Allison's done well but you'd have to say that some of the others haven't quite you know Cater's injured Fabinho's not playing that much and Shakiri's in and out the team they've not really hit the ground running and it's after a World Cup and, you know, they've got the Champions League as well. But looking at it, Liverpool are completely different, aren't they, Paul, to what they were 16 years ago in the fact that this is a team that's coming into the season off the back of being Champions League finalists. The calibre of the signings that they've made, okay. you'd have to say that they are better players than Salaf Diaw, Bruno Chirou and El Jouf, which, to be fair, that's not too difficult. Um, and just the whole feeling of the club isn't one that they feel like they're overstretching themselves. Back then, it always felt as though they thought the previous season was perhaps the limit because they'd finished... Well, they'd, they'd finished second. You felt so that was almost the, the maximum they got out of that team, whereas this one, it feels like there's a lot more to come from them. Yeah, that's, I think that, that sum up was a, a big turning point for Gerard Julia's career, wasn't it? Mm. I think once he signed those players who, who just didn't work out for him at all, it was almost like the beginning of the end. And um, it went from being a, a superb season the year before to basically falling away, didn't it? That was a 2002-03 was... What I can remember of it was a, a really poor one. Um, won the League Cup, though. They did, actually, yeah. yeah. That was a great game. That yeah. was one of the best games I went to a car. The final. Was absolutely Good atmosphere, game. wasn't it? Great yeah. atmosphere. Roof on, which made a lot yeah. of a difference. Um, but, yeah. Sorry. I, I <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine what it'd be like now playing Manchester United in a cup final? It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. It always is horrible. I it, know, was dead. it was yeah. until they won 2-0. They got battered and won 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. Dudek was man the match, wasn't yeah, he? Good mm. fun. But yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen. I think it was Chris Bascom in the Telegraph. He, he made a similar comparison to, to that particular season. But I think Liverpool. I think if you if you look at the, the two strongest lineups from those two particular seasons, Liverpool is a, is a lot stronger now. And um, they got one of the when it all clicks and it's gone. One of the best attacks in, in world football, haven't they? And the defence is showing this season that they're one of the best around. I think they've got with them and City. Uh, I think they've conceded the least in in the top five top European leagues, which is just testament to how far that defence has come over the past year or so. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just a case of, of trying to keep the pressure on City because, let's face it, City are defending champions and, and they've got such a superb squad and, and the people are trying to keep pace and so far they're doing it. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. It's interesting in the sense that Liverpool are enjoying one of their best starts to a Premier League season and Tottenham are enjoying their best start. And I think Tottenham are fourth. So what does that mm. tell you about the strength of this this Premier League this season? I mean, I don't expect all like the top four. I think we can discount United. I'm going to count Arsenal still. So the top five, mm. they're not going to carry on winning all the games this season, are they? No, of course not. And I think in this next spell, 
they start playing each other a lot, a lot more, don't they? I think Tottenham City. Tottenham City. City. Well, obviously, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea played United. Nice. And what's really Liverpool want all of those games to be draws yeah, yeah. because you don't want them to be to win it because it sounds daft. Winning one, winning, winning one, and losing one is better than drawing twice and remaining unbeaten. Yeah, that is a fact. So, um, yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> you can't argue with numbers. You can't argue with numbers, but it, but it does underline the strength of this league. And I think it's funny, isn't it? Because before the season, a lot of people put a lot of pressure on Liverpool to go out and, and win a league or at least achieve something something along those lines, whether it be another trophy. But you, you've got to take into account the calibre of your opposition. And Liverpool can still have an extraordinary season and finish second because this yeah. City side is one of the best sides that... You know, I've seen in my lifetime, and not just the way they play football, but they're resilient and they've got everything you want from a from a top team. So it's difficult for Liverpool. Just just to pick up on that two thousand two three thing, I think the other thing that I I think about with that season is as good as they they did to to remain unbeaten in the first twelve games, mm. they had a, an extraordinary run of eleven without a win following that, didn't they? Yeah. And I think, all right, it's easy to compare to that season, but for it to be as bad as that. Liverpool would have to go on one hell of an extraordinary yeah. run. Well, the, of, the difference is the difference form. again is the defense. Back then, yeah. I think at the start of the season, in all competitions, they had five consecutive games where they conceded two in each game. Yeah, I think yeah. it was two all with Birmingham, and Newcastle. Remember Shearer scoring late on? Didn't yeah, he? they won three two at Bolton. They got beat two 0 by uh, Valencia. Yeah. in the in the Champions League, and that that was the game where Benitez came to you know the attention yeah, of, yeah. of. So that was another game that kind of changed the fortunes of Liverpool. It's just one of those things that. From the outside, yeah, it does look similar. But if you scratch beneath the surface, it's mm. not that similar. Um, and I don't think Liverpool are going to go on a run of 11 games without winning because I just think the side's yeah. far too good. And also you mentioned then, Dory, about you know, the teams who are having a great start. I, th- I think I read this morning that Chelsea have, have uh, started better than when they won the league under Antonio Conte. So, and Liverpool are two points clear of them. So it just goes to show how well Liverpool are doing without setting the world on, uh, setting the world on fire. Yep. That Chelsea United game, then we'll just dwell on this briefly. What do we make of the spat at the end between Mourinho and the the Chelsea uh, assistant manager? I think it was. Um, don't think too much about it. No, I I don't know. I mean, Mourinho is a bit of a um, it's it's easy to kind of point him out as, as the you know the the oh he's always angry and he's he's always confrontational and stuff. But maybe he had a point on this one. The, the the coach um, Iani's ran past them and then ran past them again and clearly goaded them. And when you've just conceded a 95th minute equaliser to take two points off you, who wouldn't be fuming? But would that happen to anyone else other than Mourinho? Do people want to goad Klopp? Do no, they want to no, goad Sarri? Do true. they want to goad Emery? Do they want to goad Pochettino? No, they want to goad Mourinho because he disrespects I'd, I'd, I'd everyone. Go, I'd go Pochettino. Um, yeah. You would. You'd go, you'd go Tottenham on a daily basis. <laughs> but, but I just think... what. You know, you you get what you deserve, and he Constant goes around. Cake and eat it, isn't yeah, it? Mm. and and Mourinho harps on about respect constantly, and about how people disrespect him. I think this is almost like a piece. It's of a written, piece of written, though, written yeah. yeah. But he doesn't respect anyone, and it irritates me to see him harp on about respect when he doesn't he doesn't care about anyone. He said, "Oh, I did th- things in my younger days." It was only two years ago that he was kicking off at his physio. So, yeah, yeah. In, in public, so he hangs. People out to dry. He called Man City things earlier this season. Well, it's interesting no that the, the Chelsea fans were telling him where to go, and this is a, oh, a this is a manager that's won. Bad. This is the manager that's won the title three times for them. You know, I think they've only won the the, the league title six times. So, he, so he, him of yeah, that, didn't exactly, he? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like they're all as bad as each other. I mean, yeah. could you could you ever, ever in a million years imagine that Liverpool? Imagine the cop even giving Rafa Benitez all manner of abuse 
well, for whatever well, let's, reason. Let's just go. Let's just go to somebody who didn't have a particularly great time. Hodgson. He doesn't get any no. kind of reception, negative or positive. They just go, well, we're trying to, they're trying to forget that it ever happened, <laughs> to be honest. Not, yeah, yeah. Not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgettable yeah. six months. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. I mean, and let's face it, it's not just Liverpool. There's a lot of other clubs that that wouldn't. You know, yeah. Could, you no. couldn't see United. Would United do no, that for Mourinho uh, coming no. back? No, of course uh, they wouldn't. Chelsea aren't a great support, are they? Let's, let's be fair. I, I, I think time and again they've done stuff like that. And to, to, to disrespect the man who's won... <laughs> I've just thought about the opposite, but yeah. I, I don't, I've no time for Mourinho, but I've also no time for those fans who, who goad and they they were singing. You know, I, I'm not one to swear on a podcast, so I won't repeat what they were singing. <laughs> but they they were they were singing some nasty things, and, and you think he's a man that's arguably their greatest ever manager, mm-hmm. and he started their all, and he, he he turned them into what they are now. And well, Abramovich, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Abramovich, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Power, though, isn't it? Really, his man and. and it's just a it's a sad situation, but you know what? It couldn't happen to a, a bunch of nicer people, could it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Right. Uh, leading us on then to the game, Paul, on Wednesday. Liverpool are back in Champions League action at home to Red Star Belgrade. It will be a strange occasion because mm-hmm. due to a, a number of incidents, there are no Red Star fans allowed. They weren't allowed at the PSG game where they, uh, I think they got beat, was it 6-1? So yeah, it was 6-1. They got beat 6-1 the other week. Although I didn't stop some of them trying to get in and in fact getting in. Um, so there'll be just Liverpool fans in inside Anfield and given what happened against Napoli the 1-0 defeat this is the game Liverpool need to win isn't it? Oh yeah they need to win that and they need to win the away game as well I've seen, uh, I've seen the Red Star game against PSG and they put up a little bit of a fight for about 15 minutes and then PSG took over and, and ran a mark and Liverpool need to do something similar I think uh, six points from the next few Champions League games it has to be I mean, I can't honestly see it being anything like 6-1. I know Klopp warned about this when the draw was yeah. made. He said, you can forget about us winning any of these games 7-0 and then PSG go and win 6-1. But, Connor, I mean, I spoke to Jan Molby when the draw was made and he said he'd seen a lot of Red Star last season and he said that they're quite a bitty team. They're quite defensive. They'll stick the boot in. They'll try and slow it down. And this is what they did in the first game in the group against Napoli. And you had Carlo, I think, finished goalless, wasn't it? And you had Carlo Ancelotti coming out, an Italian of, of many years, manager saying, oh, I couldn't believe the time-wasting tactics and you know all that kind of stuff. So if, if he's coming out saying that, that's how bad they were. And you'd have to expect perhaps a little bit of that could be happening at Anfield on Wednesday. Yeah, of course. And I think it, completely links to what we've been talking about it's going to be that link between the defense and the attack if things aren't quite clicking at the top and they're wasting time at the back it's going to take someone in the midfield to take a little bit of creativity to create something and as we said that may well be Shakiri. I think that might be your option here because we haven't got loads in abundance in that central attacking midfield role so why not play him there even if you give him a half like he did against Southampton and see how it goes because yeah, if they're going to waste time, if they're going to sit back, then we're going to need to create something. We're going to need to get through. We're going to need to get behind those lines and, yeah, work that out. Now, Joe Shakiri is an interesting that uh, Connor mentions him because he's obviously, he's uh, the political <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah. We, we won't go into too much detail about it, but uh, you can expect a bit of a, a warm welcome when they, when they play in Belgrade in a couple of weeks, shall we say. But he'll be one that will be quite keen to, to, to make a bit of an impact if he gets the chance, won't he? It's a difficult one for Klopp, isn't it? Because it's one where... He must be tempted to leave him out, but then tempted to put him in. Because on one hand, he might, he might going to get. Do you? Yeah, yeah, he might play like a man possessed, wanting well, to would, prove something. Well, would there might... be no away fans? I suspect this would be one word. Oh, if you're oh, going to play Wednesday play, night, play. Be yeah, yeah. Fine, but I mean for the away, like. Um, but I, I think Wednesday, Fabinho could come in. I think now's the time. He came on. I thought he did one or two nice things against Huddersfield. I liked it later. Later on, I don't know on the right hand side, he sort of drove Liverpool up the pitch, and I quite liked that because they needed to get up 
get out and put Huddersfield under a little bit of pressure. I wonder whether this would be the game to bring him in now and give him a, a you know a full start. I know he played against Chelsea, but first proper full start, you know, in a in a game of quite a lot of importance for Liverpool. I mean, would you play Fabinho? I must admit, if you're not going to play him in this game because it's going to be a slightly slower pace, he'll have got used to. It. You'd like to think certainly certain aspects of the English game such as how fast it is but this would be completely different this would be more up his street. these are almost like the games that he's been bought for wasn't it I'm not, I'm not so sure this is the game he's been bought for <laughs> <laughs> well, I to, you I, didn't I, see that coming did no, you no I did not see that coming no, <laughs> no I think he's, I think Fabinho has been bought pull. for games against some of the bigger sides away from home where Liverpool are just going to dig in and and see how to well, they played Napoli away, and he didn't play in that one, did he? Yeah, but that comes back to Klopp saying he's still adjusting and still needs the time and so on. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't say at home in a Champions League game against a, a lesser team that that's why Fabinho's been bought. I think he serves a different purpose. So I'm not not too sure whether starting him would be be the wisest move on Wednesday because I think Liverpool are going to need some um, some attacking impetus in that midfield because I think Red Star are going to get men behind the ball they're going to dig in and make it bitty as we say and Liverpool are going to need every ounce of attacking quality that they've got because it's been a bit scarce hasn't it so far I mean Conrad the PSG game was fantastic and obviously it was end to end and that was two teams who just went right let's go for it it's not going to be like this is it on Wednesday and it's going to be a case like an old school European game where Liverpool's fans just going to have to be patient because if that early goal doesn't come it could take quite a while yeah, of course. I think that's exactly what we've just discussed, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but I'm trying to extend this. Deja vu again. <laughs> no, definitely, though, you know, the PSG game was absolutely sensational in all accounts and you're never going to begrudge a last-minute winner from Fabinho coming on after it all. It was just everything you wanted from a Liverpool win, really. But this quite clearly isn't going to be that sort of game. And I think it all come down to a bit of Klopp's tactics and to see what he does you know, how he lines up, if he does a classic 4 3 3, if he looks at a diamond again or something like that, just to try and unlock this team who are clearly going to sit back. If they come out and try and go for it, then that's going to be a wonderful spectacle <laughs> for us all. I think the atmosphere might, might play a big part as well because Liverpool are not going to have a, an opposition um, fans in the corner making noise to think that we're going to have to outsing them. They're basically going to have Anfield to themselves and it's against the team who they're expected to beat. So, if Liverpool fans don't really get is that, up for is it. Is that a danger then? Yeah, I think so. Because if Liverpool fans don't treat it like a, a big European night and kind of just, you know, expect to show up and win, then that trickles down to the pitch and it could all become a bit slow and sluggish. So I think the fans have got a big part to play. Will we be expecting uh, the normal Jurgen Klopp call to arms? Because he, he tends to do this, doesn't mm. he? When there's a game coming, like I said before, Southampton, which was after after the PSG game, he said, look, this is great, this European night, but we need to do this against Southampton because we're going to need the fans, etc., etc." Are you expecting him to, to do another one <laughs> yeah. of those tomorrow when the he does European a press conference? In the, yeah. in the afternoon. Um, yeah, perhaps so. I think Paul's right. It'll be a strange atmosphere and... I think you almost need the away fans there to mm-hmm. give it a little bit more impetus. So it'll be interesting. I, I think you can play Fabinho and still have an attack in midfield. I think you can you can put him in there. I think if you play Shakiri, you need you need to balance that out with someone who will take his defensive responsibilities yeah. seriously. And I think I, I think you can put Fabinho and Shakiri in the same midfield and then have a Wijnaldum or a Milner or even a Henderson linking those three. But yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting because Liverpool are going to have to break them down and. I, I, I'm quite confident. I'm quite confident. I think I think Liverpool will break them down. Now, one person we haven't spoken about is the person who scored the winning goal on uh, Saturday, which is Mohamed Salah, which is interesting because we spent a lot 
of our previous podcast discussing him and his form and this, that, and the other. Certainly after uh, after Napoli in the in the Champions League. But I mean, I wrote something on the final whistle saying that it, it's like there was almost like there was nothing to worry about. He was when he went through, there was never any suggestion mm. he was going to miss, and that was just that what it was like all the way through last season. But there would have been perhaps some people who were thinking the opposite if they believed a lot of the stuff that's been said about him. Which, if you take out that Napoli game, he hasn't actually played that badly this season, has he? No, I've, I've said, said quite a lot, that I don't think he, it's been he's been quite as bad as, as what's been made out. I'm not sure. I know a few weeks ago he was only one behind what he what he was on for the season. Not quite sure whether it's the same now because I know he scored against Tottenham, didn't he? So he's um he's he's still on course to getting near what he got last season. And I I don't think he will score anywhere near forty four goals because that was just a, a season of a lifetime. But he's still on course to comfortably get twenty five to thirty, which will be another remarkable season. I mean, Connor, were you ever worried about Marcelo's ball? I think we repeatedly put out that there was nothing to worry about. When you hit the dizzying heights that he did last season, you're always going to get this if he didn't go absolutely flying out the blocks again. And to expect someone to do that season after season is completely unrealistic. Um, I think there was a period he went three games without scoring and everyone was like, oh, wow, what's happened to Salah? But three games is absolutely nothing. His longest run ever was this one here. Was it five games? And, you know, he scored. He scored a decent goal. And as you say, there was never any worry about him not scoring. I think think the other worry on top of that is the fact that in the last couple of weeks, the rest of the team haven't been scoring either, have they? There was no goal yeah, against City, sort of none against on his shoulders yeah. almost a little bit. It's yeah. like a lot of pressure because he was your main man. He is the main man still. So he's obviously going to get that. I think he's well equipped to take the heat and, you know, he probably expects it himself now. I mean, what are we expecting then from the team lineup against Red Star? Because there's still one or two injury concerns. We'll know a bit more after the press conference on Tuesday from Jurgen Klopp. Mm. I mean, Sadio Mane, either, I don't know, really. I'd be surprised if he plays, to be honest. And if Jordan Henderson's got any kind of worries, these are the games, as we've mentioned, that Klopp's got the options. So what, how would you how would you line them up? be interesting to see what he does with defence. Trent, um, especially. Yeah, Trent. Mm. Do, do you keep that the same, seeing as it is performing well as a unit, or do you bring Trent back in? I'd be tempted to bring Trent back in. I think you're at home. You, you're trying to get at them. I'd keep Gomez on the side. That means Lovren misses out. Not not He doesn't really deserve to, but I just think, Gomez has been slightly performing better. I like that partnership with him and Van Dijk. I think there's time, if possible, to give Andy Robertson a little bit of a rest. I know he he didn't play against Chelsea and and the alternative is Alberto Moreno, who wasn't particularly good in that uh, that League Cup game against Chelsea. I think it it would lessen the impact of Moreno if if you've got a more... Because it it wasn't just him playing against Chelsea, was it? They changed... No, yeah, Matty Van Loven came in and um, Klein played right back, so... I think if you if you just change one, you you lessen the impact. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he probably does need the rest at some point. And Red Star haven't got a player of Hazard's quality, have they? To, no, to no, road down the, no. But right. the thing about Robertson as well, I've, uh, he had it again at the weekend. It, he, he seems to come up against these tricky wingers constantly now. I think even like when he played Southampton, you know, Redmond was on quite on decent mm. form, and he had to cope with him. And it's almost as if because whoever plays on the left for Liverpool, they're not. I think against Southampton, it was Firmino was playing there and, and he wasn't tracking back. And there doesn't seem to be, with Mane not there, it doesn't seem to be the same level of cover for him. So he's quite often left by himself. Yeah, and I think there's a case to be made that he, he's probably played as much football as, as any of them, hasn't he, this season? So, and he's had, he's had the slight trauma of what's been happening in Scotland as well, being, uh, being yeah, a new Scotland that, captain that, and they're not being great and he's coming for quite a lot of criticism up there. That was a strange one, wasn't it? Um, it's a poison chalice, that, isn't it, being Scotland captain? That's <laughs> what it is, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> We've got well, somebody here with some Scottish heritage, so... Uh, my Scottish dad would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, in terms of like... No, I, I just... 
it's a lot of responsibility in a in a pretty rubbish team, isn't it? Let's face it. And and it, is there ever it, any it's danger? Hardly that, his fault, is it? Is know? there ever any danger that that could have not just Robertson, but if you're playing in that kind of team that's markedly different from the team that you're playing with week in week out, and you're taking on all that responsibility? You look at Salah; he, he was carrying the responsibility for the Egypt, and they're a team that actually qualified for the World Cup and did okay. But you could see that what happened at the World Cup that partly affected him. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I think if you if I saw part of the Scotland game the other day when they played Portugal, and I think Portugal's first goal actually came from Robertson's man. Basically, they put a cross in, and they, their their right winger came running in, and he, he was just he just beat Robertson to it, and you could see Robertson was like bang the turf and was really frustrated with himself, but probably feels extra responsibility because he's wearing the mm. armband. So this isn't a game though to give him a rest, or is it? Should we say? I think it's it's probably as good a chance as you're going to get if if you want to rest Robinson, uh, Robertson rather. Um, I don't think Moreno is going to. I mean, it it could be a weak link if, if uh, Red Star are looking at the, the lineups and and Moreno's in the team, but I don't think he's going to. He's going to let Liverpool down if he's played on, on Wednesday. Does that encourage them to get out and get at them if Moreno plays? No, <laughs> you're being a little bit harsh there, aren't you? I think you never know. This is a player who's been linked with Barcelona, don't forget, because he's out of contract at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure Liverpool won't offer him a new deal. And let's face it, if Liverpool want to get on the front foot, then we all know Moreno likes to attack, doesn't yeah, he? You know, doesn't, doesn't exactly um, hold back. So, so we say Moreno then? Yeah, convinced us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the team. Yeah, he's in the team. So, so midfield then. Are we saying Fabinho? I know, Gorsty, you're Gorsi's shaking just... your head. It... I'd like to see Fabinho play. I like him. Yeah, I, th- I think he should play. Three to one. Three to one. You've been yeah, outvoted. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm not against playing him. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it'd be, it be a detriment. <laughs> I just think Liverpool are looking for more more attacking midfield and maybe leave him out. Uh, rest the midfield. Juan Aldum. It's got to be Juan Aldum. Yeah. You rest him? No, he's, he's got to oh, play. Sorry, yeah, 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 play. Yeah, yeah. The to rest play, of yeah. the midfield yeah. has got to be, yeah. yeah one Aldum. One Aldum. And are we saying 4 3 3, by the way? Yeah. 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 yeah so one Aldum and Shakiri. Shakiri for me. Yeah. Yep. Shakiri for me. Right. Well. So Salah's got to play, yeah. Yep. Firmino's Firmino. Firmino. Yeah. Now, yep. let's say Bane is not fit. Are you sticking with Lallana on the left or are you going to put Sturridge in the middle and Sturridge put Firmino out wide? I would. I just don't think Lallana can manage another game. Um, do you know what? It's a difficult one. Do you... Does it involve then a change of shape for Liverpool? Perhaps. I, I'm or, not. I'm not convinced. I don't really like Firmino out on the. No. I no, but I, he I will work hard. The referees will. Put, won't yeah. he? So that's the positive. And you know, yeah. if Reza haven't got the complete quality to take him on, take over. I mean, there's every chance Mane could. Great. They, they could I think they could, the option. Sorry, yeah. There's every chance they could play Mane. I think Mane. Which Mane? Which Mane? Well, Klopp said the um, Huddersfield inclusion was basically down to Mane. It was all on him. So mm. maybe he thought, oh, I'll sit this one out, and maybe he's. His thumbs feeling a lot better. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we give him a thumbs, thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be a celebration. Right, yeah, yeah, write that down. Um, <laughs> so, what are we expecting then in terms of scoreline? I, I personally, I think it'll be a really tight game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's one 0 to Liverpool. I think it'd be three 0 to Liverpool. Good. Confidence. Go on, I go in the middle and say another two 0 <laughs> What can I pick apart from those three scores? I go two 0 uh, What would James say if he was here? Probably six. 6-2 or something <laughs> Christian uh, 18 nine, no. 12 yeah. <laughs> you have a bet on every single score yeah. right that should do us then uh, join us later this week in the latest Blood Bread podcast where we look back at Red Star and ahead to Cardiff at home cheerio you've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo